Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ podcast brought to you by the Belly of Sports Podcast Network. We host Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, August 18th. And in today's episode, we are talking about Palombay Carroll and Team USA. We also got Franz doing a lot of great work over there in international play. Uh, we're going to be talking about some little things that we've been hearing just across the um, the the news uh, mill in regards to the Orlando Magic. And then how do we not talk about the NBA schedule that just released and how that looks and will impact the Orlando Magic in this upcoming season. But before we get into any of that, um, so with it, there was there was a, a video that released, and Demarcus Cousins was was doing a um, a interview with Kevin Garnett where he talked about you know some of the players that he wanted to work out with, and one of the names that he brought up was Wendell Carter Jr. and um, Really, it was a moment of of highlighting and and giving Wendell Carter his flowers and just talking about, you know, the great player that Wendell Carter Jr. is and and how he's evolved and developed. And um, the big question for for you that I want to ask you is: Can Wendell Carter Jr. really get benefit from working out with a player like Demarcus Cousins? Demarcus Cousins wants to get into the gym. Uh, with, with Wendell Carter. Is that something that you're here for? Do you want to see that? Would you like to see DeMarcus Cousins uh, mentor Wendell Carter Jr.? Um, When you consider the basketball like aspect of it, the on-court stuff, uh, sure. I think he can pick up a, a few things from him, his passing, um, outside shooting, his game in the, game in the post. Um, a few things that I, I would like for him to work with Wendell um, on the off-court stuff and the attitude, not so much. So if we can keep it strictly basketball, I- I'm cool with that. Um, especially with the team that we have, you know, where you have Paolo, Franz, Markel, that are really good playmakers. If Wendell can pick up the passing a little bit, I think that would be crucial and, and help us a lot as a team. Um, what about you? Is there anything that jumps at you as a good thing that he can learn from the Marcus Cousins? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I, Stephen A. Smith was recently talking about uh, DeMarcus Cousins and how he believed that a lot of the old stigma of DeMarcus Cousins and how he, he was, um, you know, a troublemaker in, in his own right, a little bit of a head case, um, that stigma kind of followed him across, you know, his career. And he's never really been able to shake that off. And it's a, it's a primary reason why, you know, he's not in the NBA. You know, Stephen A said that he believes that he can be a top five center in the NBA right now. He has no business playing in, in Puerto Rico in the league that he's playing in right now, uh, which I agree with. I agree that DeMarcus Cousins, there should be a spot for him somewhere in the NBA in some capacity, whether it's a second string, third string. I'm sure somebody would be able to take advantage of, you know, his his skill set. Um, with that being said, I think I think there will definitely be some value with him working out Wendell Carter. It's not let's not act like Demarcus Cousins is is a scrub. I think that you know all that personal attitude stuff. I think that's long gone. I think that's a lot of it was 
you know, his early careers. And sure, is there is there some of that that bad boy attitude um, somewhere in there? Yeah, but you know, at, at the end of the day, Wendell he's he's his own man. You know, he's his own personality. We we've never seen that from him. And in a couple workouts with you know Demarcus Cousins isn't going to change that. Um, Demarcus Cousins is is well known to be you know a well rounded big man. You know, he's not he's not someone that just stuck to the block. He he has a good feel for the game, good touch. And I think that there are some similarities to Wendell Carter to where he can learn a couple of things. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind it at all. Listen, all exposure is great exposure. The fact that he was on um Kevin Garnett's Showtime show, uh KG certified and, and talking about Wendell Carter when in my opinion, and I'm sure our opinion, I'm sure you agree with me, that you know, Wendell is, is overlooked. He's not as respected as, you know, uh, we're respecting him, um, you know, here in, in central Florida, you know? So I, I think that, you know, DeMarcus Cousins could do a lot of good. Um, you know, Wendell Carter has been doing crazy work this off season with, with, um, Iron Rainey. So he's, he's with the cheat code and the cheat code is getting him right. He's been working with them, with them for the last few years and we've seen his game develop. Um, but sure, why not add them to the mix? See, see what comes from it. I, I wouldn't be mad at it whatsoever. I agree with you. I mean, we, we know for sure he's by far the most valuable like contract, in my opinion, in the NBA when it comes to what he makes and he actually performs on the court. We, we got a steal in, in Wendell Carter. Um, but again, it will be a cool idea. I hope it happens at some point in the offseason. If not this offseason, maybe next offseason. But it will be cool to see them link up. And, and again, you can always learn something from these uh NBA talented players, um, to your point, DeMarcus is not in the league, not because of lack of skill. It's unfortunate that, again, he's been marked as, as this guy that was an issue in the locker room and all these things. But ultimately, as a player, he was a beast. So you can always learn a few things from him. Uh, and again, Wendell's putting in the work as it is in the offseason already. Why not? Yeah, he's only in his second year of his $50 million contract. Still one of the Crazy. best you know, contracts out, best value contract out in the NBA. And, um, man, when, when you when you still look back and you think about, you know, what we got in that Vooch trade, which is uh, the 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 level that we've received from from Franz to uh, Wendell to, to now seeing what we have in our new rookie. I, I think that, you know, what when we find out what we really have with Jeff Howard, it, it's going to be exciting to really see, you know, this this. Um, trade that we receive really come into flu- uh, fruition. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it wouldn't be crazy to think that, you know, Wendell has an opportunity. Like when, when you think about players that, that could be an all-star caliber player, maybe not this season, maybe not next season, but at some, at some point, you know, in his career, I don't, I don't think it's far-fetched to see, you know, uh, Wendell kind of make that leap at some point. Not at all, man. The skills are there. The issue with him for me personally is health. He's got to play more than 60 games a season. He's got to be more consistent with the with the amount of games played. Um, but the talent is there. And, and when you see the magic without him on the court and with him on the court, it, it's significant. You the see the difference. He has on the team. Big time. Um, I know I think at some time last season we had a debate, like who was more impactful, Wendell or Markel? Uh, two players that have been unfortunately affected by health quite a bit in their time with the magic but again it it's it makes a huge difference when he's out there playing 
and who he is not. And that's all you need to see. Uh, it's not always about the stats because we know that he's not shooting the ball as much as Paolo, as Franz, as some guys. So stats don't say it all. Uh, but the impact that he has defensively, the communication out there, he makes a huge impact on the court for the Magic. Yeah, definitely. And and then just from a from a uh, a health perspective, when he first got with the Magic, obviously he only played the twenty two games. So with that, you know, trading in the middle of the season, and he followed that up with sixty two games, fifty seven games. So um, I, I think that we can we can all agree that this team could use a very very healthy season just from our players across the board. Um, and that's that's leading with Wendell. You know, part of the concerns that we have with Wendell early on is could he stay healthy. Um, and, and could he be a player that, you know, can fill in, um, to, to Vooch's shoes or to Vooch's void that they kind of left. And I think that, you know, we can all agree that although window is not perfect, um, that he's, he's done a great job. And again, that contract, that value is what makes it just that much more impactful. So, um, sure. Work out with DeMarcus Cousins. I don't mind. Let's see what happens. Yeah, nothing bad can come from it, in my opinion. Only good things can come from it. Yeah, yeah, nothing at all. All right, let's talk about FIBA action. Paolo, Franz, uh, Paolo Bancaro playing a lot of minutes at the C position, at the center position. Um, man, this Team USA is just, it's a little, it's a little unorthodox. Uh, we, we talked about, you know, the, the, what the collective agreement of, or the collective belief that the, the roster is a little, underwhelming in talent but yet they're they're still playing all right you know they struggled a little bit with spain um you know they they're they're experimenting a little bit with international play austin reeves playing point guard paulo bancaro playing center uh really my question to you is what do you believe with paulo bancaro and steve kerr playing paulo at the center how do you think that that would translate going into this upcoming season and seeing what you know uh what mosey would be able to do with that level of flexibility? I mean, we saw it a little bit last season. Mostly did use him a couple times at center um, for the Magic. Um, I don't think we'll see him very often this upcoming season in that position. As he gets even stronger in the league and, and, and more experienced down the road, I think that's something that he can do maybe 10 minutes a night, 8 minutes a night. Um, but it's fun to see in FIBA action. It's a smaller court. Um, it's a more fast-paced game. So I think they're taking advantage of the fact that he can grab a rebound, push the tempo right away, and play make for others. So in FIBA action, I like it a lot. Um, we can steal some of the things that Kerr is doing with him because it comes from the Warrior system. That's kind of what he's implementing into uh, the USA team. I like it again for FIBA and learn some things to apply to the Magic. Not so much now, but down the road. Um, now, if J.I. is 100% healthy, like he... We're hoping that he is. Hey, that, that may mean that you can sit Wendell and have Paulo come in and play the five. So Wendell can, uh, so J.I. can stay at the four. And that's how you can get things, some, some creativity to happen at that point. Um, but I like it. I like what we've seen so far. Um, I just need Paulo to rebound a little better. I think that he's getting a little bit exposed out there, uh, rebounding the ball, which we know from last season that he's not really a big rebounder. Um, but if you're going to play the five in FIBA action, you got to do a better job boxing now and getting those rebounds. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's not act like he's not out there, you know, giving effort. We saw some, some really good defensive plays, some, some blocks that he out there for, for a player that isn't really known to have that type of, um, defensive ability. It's, it was fun to watch. Um, I, I, I love it. I love the fact that he's out there 
uh, you know, playing a position that he's not necessarily fully comfortable with because that's only going to level up his game, especially in the international play and, and him being exposed to, you know, uh, Triple J and and sure, Walker Kessler, too. Like just just being able to bang out with those guys, I think that's going to really help us out, especially especially here in the East. Um, so what I love most about him playing, and we, we talked a, a little bit about this off air, you know, it, him deciding to play with team USA over, you know, Italy. I think that if, if he would have played with Italy, I think it would have stretched him out way too much in, in terms of, uh, you know, playing a lot of basketball minutes. Like when, when you take a look at, you know, Franz Wagner, Franz Wagner is out there and he, he is a big, big, massive component to what Germany is doing. Um, so you, you hope that he stays healthy and that, that he doesn't, you know, uh, stretch himself out too thin. Um, as young as he may be, we want to make sure that these guys come in with, with fresh legs. Um, that's, that's part of the reason why I'm kind of happy. And like, I know people want Paolo Bancaro to play a lot more minutes, but I'm cool with him being, you know, reserved and, and not playing a crazy amount of minutes just to make sure that he stays fresh while still being exposed to different things to, to better his basketball game. But what, what are your thoughts on that? Paolo Bancaro not playing a whole lot of minutes. Do you think he's wasting his time? Do you think that, you know, he's still finding value? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's definitely, you know, taking advantage of it. Learning from a coach like Steve Kerr, being in that locker room with so many vets and, and talented young, young players, yeah, again, you're going to pick up things and, and learn um, from that experience. So uh, 100%. Happy with the fact that he he's playing in FIBA number one. Um, for those, to your point, for those that may say, hey, I want to see him play more, that would have been go with Italy because Italy, he would have been starting for sure. He would have been the main guy on that team. So in my mind, I'm like you. I agree. I, I, I wouldn't want both Paolo and Franz, both of our cornerstone players, coming back October and being like, hey, guys, we, we our legs are tired. And here we are heading to training camp. And as we'll talk about in a few minutes, the schedule is not easy early on in the season. So we need these guys to be fresh. Um, by all we know for now, you know, Franz going to have a big, big role in Germany this upcoming um, FIBA tournament. So he'll need a little break early on. We know that. Um, so in that, in that sense, I'm okay. But I, I do feel for those that say, hey, I, I want to see Paolo play 25 minutes, 30 minutes a game. That would have been Tim Italy. No, no matter what, USA was going to be too, too um, talented for him to get, you know, a starting role, in my opinion. So I'm okay with it. I'm happy the way that things are playing out. Um, and again, it's valuable no matter what. He's learning things that he would not learn by working out or playing in pickup games in the summer. Yeah, and I know a lot of times during this offseason, um, people play really, uh, they pay close attention to the 2K ratings, right? The the NBA video game that is, is, is widely popular. Uh, I really don't play it. I haven't played in the last couple couple years, but a lot of we're people old, still have, have a have a huge focus <laughs> in it, right? Uh, the ratings are a big deal. You know, Paolo Bencaro was given a rating of eighty four. Do you care? Do you care that Paolo Bencaro was given an eighty four? And do you care that Wimbanyama, who has a step foot on a a a NBA a full blown NBA core playing in a, in a real NBA game, was given the same overall score? Does that bother you? It does. Um, I think there's got to be some weight into thinking, hey, this guy played in the league last year. He won Rookie of the Year. Not only did he do that, he had historic numbers. Um, but yeah, all of a sudden, this rookie coming in, that, like, you, like you said, hasn't played a minute in the NBA just yet. 
right off the bat, it's equally as good as as Palo is. Um, it is what it is. Uh, to your point, I used to be a freak. I was an addict with NBA 2K back when I was growing up, uh, up until like maybe five years ago. Loved it. Played online, played online leagues. Loved the game. Um, 2K has changed, man. It's become a popularity thing. It's become... It, they're becoming two buddies with the players. Uh, you got a bunch of guys that are 90s now. It, it's not the game that it used to be, in my opinion. Um, but let me throw this one out there, too, which I found really, really interesting. 1B, it is what it is. 84-84. But what about this one? Austin Reeves of the Lakers. 86 overall. Give me your thoughts on that one. I mean, let's not act like Austin Reeves is a scrub. Uh, this is a player that I really did want the Magic to go after. It's also a player that I believe that took a massive pay cut, a massive discount to make sure that he stayed in the City of Angels. And, um, you know, he's doing his thing right now in, in Team USA also that I think that is going to really um, up his value. Should he be at 86? I don't, I don't, I don't know. But again, do we care? Do we even care about the ratings? Like, I'm not... I don't look at it and say, oh, man, well, well, Austin Reeves is 86. That's mad disrespectful to Paolo. What I find disrespectful to Paolo is the fact that we have one, that we have Wemby in the same conversation at the 84. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. Uh, again, I'm the type of individual. I won't sit here and say that Man, I, I sat here and I watch a full Wimbanyama game. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that. I'm going based off highlights. I'm going based off of you know, um, scouting reports and, and the research I've done in those capacities, but I'm not, I'm not convinced with Wimbanyama. Like it's not far fetched to say that Chad Holmgren might have a better season. It's not far fetched to say that Wimbanyama is not going to have a better rookie campaign that Paulo Bancaro had. It's not far fetched to say that we, it, it's so not far fetched that there's a great possibility that uh, we're going to name this episode far fetched because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, Victor Wimbanyama to me is, is there's a lot of hype and I understand the reasons why the things that we see is not something that we naturally see on the basketball court, especially in the NBA. We're used to seeing players at this size and this, this, uh, this length to not, not be, you know, fully orthodox. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's only a, a small handful of guys that are able to do what he does at the elite level that he does. Mm -hmm. So I, I, we'll, we'll talk more about it in a few when we, when we talk about the schedule. But I, I think that, <laughs> I think that the NBA really needs Victor Wimbanyama to work out um, in San Antonio more so than what the public perceives. Because right now, the way that they treat him is he's uh, he's the next coming, right? Uh, but again, it's it's because no one's seen what he's been able to do. There's been one moment, one one real highlight that I've seen him do that that really I was impressed, which is him shooting the three point shot that he missed, but he ended up doing a putback yep. to his own three point shot. Like that's impress to me. That's impressive. Okay, you mm -hmm. got me there. I can't I can't say anything about it, but. I think I think I I'm sorry. I think he's going to struggle his first year in the NBA. I I really I really do. I think people are going to go at him hard, um, even more so that he's the number one pick. Um, and I think that he's 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 going to struggle. I I think Paulo Bancaro came into this league with with the right size, the right IQ, the right situation. You know, a great team around him. That I I it's it's not it's not like it's. 
Okay, I don't I don't see Victor Wimpenyama winning rookie of the year. And if I'm wrong, you can you can take this, you can cut it up, you can <laughs> do whatever you need and put it into a reel, do what you have to, but you can you can also take that to the bank. Yeah, man, I agree with you. And again, I wish him all the health in the world. I hope that he manages to stay healthy in his career. But man, his build in the NBA has never worked out. Any any guy that you show me that seven three, seven four, whatever it may be, and tries to play with that style of basketball, just doesn't stay healthy, including ball ball. Like we had him last year. He was fun as heck to watch. But there were times when he got hurt. There were times when he didn't look out there like he was all there. Um, Chet is a, is a new version of that too. So I get it. The NBA needs, needs him to work out. The NBA is hyping him up so much that they need this kid to work out. Um, ESPN, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, it's, it's falling in love already. We, we, I mean, the NBA app streaming his games in France last year. Like, so they, we know what's happening. What sucks out of all this is the lack of attention that then Paolo's getting or the magic for that matter are getting, um, I mean, unfortunately for the Magic, it's happened kind of twice now, right? So LeBron in 2003, then you had Dwight in 2004, LeBron got all the attention. You have now Paolo, 2002, Wemby, 2023, he's getting all the attention. So it's unfortunate that Magic having had like that first pick that gets the attention. Shaq did way back when, but I mean, it's unfortunate because Paolo played so well last year, put up historic numbers, and they're treating it like, oh, okay, he's a good player, but that's about it. Um, but Hey, I hope Paulo takes it to heart. He takes it to, to work harder and again, become even better than what he is already. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that, you know, we, we won't see the matchup between Paulo and Wemby until the end of January and they'll only match up twice. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't even see that matchup happening. Uh, if I if I'm San Antonio and and really just kind of how the season's going, you want to protect his image and 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 you 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 don't want your your product to be out there looking bad. I wouldn't be surprised if San Antonio sits him out to play against Paolo. I, I really would not would not be surprised at all. Hmm, that's a that's a hot take right there. Uh, but I was gonna say I don't know if he'll be healthy by then. That was gonna be my take on on the situation. Uh, I was kind of hoping they would play early on, October, November, but uh, I was hoping. I was hoping. I was hoping the first game of the season, just yeah. book it. You know, San Antonio, nice. Orlando, last year's rookie, this year's rookie, but no, you know, they started us off with with Houston. So let's break down this this new season, this the schedule that they just released, and um, you know, it's it's interesting because it, it's it's looking a little tough for the Orlando Magic. We're looking at a total of 15 back-to-backs. We start out eight out of the first 13 games on the road for the five-game West Coast road trip right after the season opener. So you got Houston um, that you know will, will open up at home. But following that game, you're literally in Portland, Los Angeles Lakers, Clippers, Utah, and then you're back home with the Lakers facing off against Dallas, Atlanta, Milwaukee, you know, we're we're starting off the season. Um we're gonna have to be ready to go. You know, because this is this is one of those things where, you know, you're 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 gonna wanna set the tone early. Um you're you're not gonna wanna fall behind. Houston, you know, they, they're adding a whole bunch of veterans in there. They're you know, they don't have a, a team that, that knows each other all that well. 
Um, and then you're going against some really, really solid teams early on. You don't, you really don't know what you have with Portland just yet. Who knows what they do with Damian Lillard, right? Um, but Lakers, Clippers, Utah, Lakers, Dallas, Atlanta, Milwaukee, you know, those are, those are a string of games that could, you know, really, we can either impress a whole lot of folks and surprise some people, or, you know, it's, it's a, it's a rude awakening early on. Yeah, you, you said it best. So the eight out of the first 13 games on the road, uh, including that five-game West Coast road trip right after the game, the season opener against Houston, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough start to the season. Um, I am relying on the fact that we kept this team intact. I'm relying on the fact that this team knows each other. They have chemistry. So if you think about it that way, hopefully that will help them early on get off to a strong start, get off to surprising some of these good teams, and don't forget, the Magic played really well last season against good teams. Some way, somehow, they struggle against bad teams, but against good teams, they play really well. So hopefully that continues into this year. Um, even if they can make it through just playing 500 basketball through this stretch, that would be impressive. Um, because don't forget, right after that, we get into the season in-season tournament, this new feature that we have this year. Um, and that's right in November. So you cannot get down too much early on because that may impact how you play in the in-season tournament. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see how the Magic manage uh, the schedule early on, especially, we said it earlier, Paolo and France playing international basketball. Are they going to be fresh and ready to go by then? Hopefully they will be. Um, it's going to be fun, but the Magic definitely have a, a, a tough task to start the season. Yeah, the Magic have the eighth toughest schedule in the NBA, however, we have um, the easiest schedule after the All-Star break with 15 home games, 12 road. We travel the third fewest miles and only four back-to-backs. Um, this was highlighted by a hardwood paroxysm. I don't know if I said that right, but shout out to you for, for making our job easy. Um, what do you think about that when, when it comes towards the end of the season, having one of the easiest schedule? Um, do you like that level of balance? Do you like the fact that a lot of our harder games are early on and towards the back end, you know, it's, it's a little, it's a, as, as the season goes on, we, we develop, we, we get better as a team. Do you, do you find that as a benefit to this team? Uh, we're having the easiest schedule um, after the all-star break. I mean, a lot of things can happen between now and then, right? Injuries can happen. Teams can make trades. So who knows if that will be, you know, accurate come March and February. But let's assume that it does. Um, it's always a good thing to be able to know that, hey, the last two months, we can get a bunch of wins. So even if you start the season and you're not quite at 500 or you're a few games behind 500 and you know in the East, you're going to need to at least be at 500 or more to make the playoffs. This is your push. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the schedule that we had in 2019 when we made the playoffs and we made a crazy run after signing Michael Carter Williams. It was kind of like this where the last month and a half, two months kind of eased up on us and we were able to rack up wins left and right. So hopefully that's the case. Um, as the year goes on, our rookies should start to play better. Paulo should be, you know, playing better. So should France. Um, so I do like it from that perspective. The challenging part is if you lose a few games early on and your record's not what you thought it was going to be early on, does that demotivate the guys and have them thinking like, hey, man, here we go again? Or can they take the challenge and say, hey, we struggled early on, we can pick it up. So it's, it's going to be interesting to me, but I do like the fact that to end the season, it gets easier for us. 
Yeah, and and keep in mind, man, this is this is a team last season that that really fought, they battled, they they beat a lot of really good teams and played in a lot of great games to where, you know, we we manhandled the Boston Celtics. We uh, kept things really, really close uh, multiple times against the Miami Heat. Um, so we're, we're expecting for all these things to really carry over into the season. Um, but some of the things that concern me is, like, for example, we're looking at December. December, we start off with Washington, Brooklyn, which isn't bad. Um, but then we jump into Cleveland, Boston, Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, Indiana, Washington. Eh? But then you got Philadelphia, New York, and Phoenix. Um, man, there, there's no, there's no, there's no time to relax, man. When, when you, uh-uh. when you look at these teams, like there's no, there's no, Hey, we're going out this night. Hey, let's, let's go out. Let's go out for dinner. Like there's, there's, there has to be a level of focus where if the magic are serious, man, if everyone is, is, and you know that this team is right. Let's not, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Like this team is, is going into the season. And I feel like this is the first time that the team in the front office and the fan base, we all are on the same page, right? Where we all have the same level of expectation. And that expectation is bare minimum is to play in. Mm-hmm. But the goal is the playoffs. We're all on the same page. This isn't a a, a year to, to watch and learn. This isn't a year for focus on development. Nah, man, it's a year to win. And we're all on the same page with this because it's now or never, right? There's no, there's no going back. Um, so I, 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 I'm expecting that there's, there's going to be a level of, um, uh, of eagerness to go after all these different teams and, and the magic have an opportunity to make a lot of noise. You know, we're not, we're not respected. We're not respected at all. And, and the number one key indicator of that is in the amount of national television games uh, that the Orlando Magic had. Yeah, sure, there there's an improvement from last season, but you know, I'll I'll break break down exactly what, what that looks like for us. So yeah, doesn't look very good. Um let me start with the positive. The positive is the TNT crew will televise a magic game this season, and that is gonna be on February thirteenth against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So it's gonna be yeah. Paolo versus Chet, which last season we Pissing had a schedule too. And then Chet ended up getting hurt. So we ended up getting that game removed from a being a national televised game. So that's our only game on actual national TV. And by the way, I'm considering ESPN, TNT as national TV games. NBA TV to me does not really count. Um, but we are getting four NBA TV games. Um, now, to contrast that to our earlier point about the hype that uh, our good friend Wemby is getting, the Spurs are getting. 11 ESPN and TNT games and four NBA TV games for a total of <laughs> 15 nationally televised games. It's crazy. Um, so it's crazy to me. Uh, the, the disrespect continues with the Orlando Magic. You can't tell me it's a rebuilding team. What have they proved? Well, the Spurs are a rebuilding team as well currently. Um, they played worse than the Magic last year. I get it. The hype will be there around Wemby. I understand it. 11 games, though, on ESPN and TNT, that that makes no sense to me. Um, but what are your thoughts, man? Seeing this numbers broken down, what are your initial thoughts on what we're getting? Like, it's it's annoying. It's annoying. It pisses me off. Like, 
all right, cool. If you're going to give us a, another TNT game, if you're going to, if you're going to give us a nationally televised game, um, great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Why does it make sense? Why are, why is the net TNT? Why, why are they so fascinated with Paolo Bancaro and Chet Holmgren? Why you, you tried that last season, Chet Holmgren got hurt. Uh, missed the season, and then you ended up canceling it. So to me, like this doesn't even feel like a nationally televised game for us this season. This just feels like a reschedule from last season because mm-hmm. we didn't get it, and it's against the exact same team. I don't understand where why there isn't a level of interest to see. I don't know this year's rookie of the year with last year's rookie of the year. Like, why wouldn't that be fun to watch? Why wouldn't you want to have that on there? Especially because a number one pick was the rookie of the year. That's mm-hmm. the part that doesn't, that, that annoys me a bit because there's, there's, there's no respect. The Orlando magic are an up and coming team. Everyone talks about it. That's another thing. Like the national media, when they do talk about the Orlando magic collectively, I would say about at least 80, 85% of what the Orlando Magic were talked about in the news, in, in ESPN, TNT, all these guys, they have been in a positive light. But yet you're telling me that nobody wants to watch the Magic on national television? That doesn't make sense. You're right. I, I agree with you, Al. NBA TV games, I don't, I don't count that. Mm-mm. Who counts NBA TV games as nationally televised game? Nobody does. It's, it's TNT, ESPN. That's prime time. That's where you want to be at. But yet they're giving 11 ESPN TNT <laughs> games to Wimbenyama. And if his body doesn't hold up, what the hell do you do with those 11 games? If he gets injured, what do you do? And not only that, but real quick, if they're not going to be a great team this year. So you're going to be televising the Spurs with a 5-20 and 20 record come January. Like, who wants to watch that as much as we like Wemby? At the end of the day, you don't want to watch bad basketball. You don't want to watch them get beat by 20 and 30 points. So that's my, my thing. Like, it's not like they're going to have be a competing team. It's not like they made moves to compete this season. They're going to be struggling. They're going to be a team that's going to be fun to watch because of Wemby. But it's not competitive basketball. So who wants to watch those teams on ESPN and TNT this many times? Again, it is what it is. I feel like the Magic, in my opinion, will be playing better basketball this year. Should be competing for a playing spot at the very least. I I expected three to five. That was my expectation. And one of them, definitely, I was hoping would be Paolo versus Wemby. That was my my thoughts behind it. But obviously, I was wrong. Yeah, and I, I had this conversation with a colleague uh, literally uh, a few months ago. And he predicted it. He's like, there, there's no way that they give us, because uh, he's a Spurs fan. It's like, there's no way that they give us less than 10 uh, nationally televised games. And, there it is. And honestly, I, I, I told him, like, ah, there's, there's no way that you guys are going to get that much just because we only got, you know, one and that got taken away from us. There's no way that there's that much of a drastic, uh, you know, difference. And long behold, that's, that's, just, that's just what it is. You know, hopefully it works out for them. You know, you never want, I would never wish injury on anyone, but history has shown that these level, these, these really, really long lanky guys, their bodies just don't hold up. Yeah. I mean, like I said, all the best to them, but just goes to speak onto this uh, hype that's being built by the NBA around Wemby, which again, we, we said earlier, it, they needed to work. They needed to happen for them, but man, it's, it's so obvious. It's kind of, 
discouraging as a fan of the NBA to just see this marketing tactic be thrown at us every single angle. But yet again, the rookie of the year from last year that again had historic numbers, don't forget that, gets snowed off. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, if you were to count the NBA TV games, you're looking at 15 national televised games for the San Antonio Spurs. Crazy. Insane. Crazy. Insane. But shout out to the Orlando Magic, who uh, they, I guess a lot of these NBA teams, they decided to collectively come together and say, hey, we're going to be creative. We're going to come out with really neat social media driven uh, schedule releases. And if I'm being honest, man, the Orlando Magic did work, man. Their our social it. media team is like, you know, top level. If they if there's an award system, like people need to be given all types of crazy hardware for the amount of stuff that they do. They they do an amazing job. It's been a huge upgrade in the last five years. It's oh, yeah. been amazing. But if you haven't seen it, it looks awesome. It made me feel like you know we're back in the '90s with Rocket Power and and Rugrats and. And kind of going through all the different channels, it, it was it was awesome. I think I watched that video like at least twenty nine times, at least twenty nine times. It was dope. Now, hint, hint. There could be some hints in there about their new uniform, about what's coming. It's it an anniversary. Hints, they're they're dropping it here and there. There's no way that it yeah. doesn't happen. It's an like, anniversary there's, there's, year for us. There's no so. Way. I expect the city edition to be nice, but I also expect our anniversary edition jerseys to be kind of dope. So there's a lot of hints. I'll talk around the Stars jersey being brought back, the T-Mac Days jersey. That should be the next news that we get over the next few weeks. Um, but so far, that's what I got from the video. A lot of hints to the 90s, and we'll see. Should be fun. Yeah. So another big thing on this schedule um, is the release of the details of when the Magic will play for the in-season tournament. Um, the first game of the in-season tournament will be November 14th at Brooklyn, followed by a in-season tournament back-to-back at Chicago. Um, and then one day off in Chicago, then we're looking at 11-17 at Chicago first game, 11-21 Toronto, November 22nd Denver, which is another back-to-back, and then 11-24 against Boston. So um, give, give me your thoughts on that. So the, the dates of um, of these in-season tournaments, I thought was was kind of interesting, right? So the Magic, the Magic play a total of 20 games before they jump into their in-season tournament. Um, do you like the placement of the in-season tournament? Do you wish it was a, at a later part of the schedule? Um, and how do you like these back-to-backs in, in the in-season tournament? Yeah, so I mean, to, to answer your question, I would hope that it would be later in the season. I would hope that maybe January would be kind of a good placement or before All-Star break, maybe even closer to All-Star break. I think it's too early for teams to be up and running in November still. Whether, yeah, it's, it's too soon in my opinion, but let's break it down again. So the first game that counts for, for our games in the Eastern Tournament would be 11-14 against Brooklyn at Brooklyn. But then we do play that second night uh, in Chicago, which that game will not count for the in-season tournament. It's just a back-to-back. The Brooklyn game counts. Then we play at Chicago on the 17th. That game will count again. So that is a, a matchup that we care about. Then we come home. We play Toronto. That game will count. Then Denver the next night on the 22nd. That game does not count. And then the 24th versus Boston. But guess what? That's going to be a crucial game because the favorites to win this group 
is Boston. Some way, somehow, we got this game on a Friday afternoon at Mway on Black Friday at two thirty. <laughs> Let me repeat that once again, Magic fans. At two thirty on a Friday. That's crazy. I mean, I do, I know a lot of people are on vacation that week. They travel to Orlando for fun. But let's not forget, like, people do have jobs, right? And people do work. Me and you work in banking. That is a day that we work. So I was telling Anthony off the air yesterday, like, hey, I got to take the day off. Like, I'm not missing that game. It's a crucial game. I want to be there at 2.30 on Black Friday. That made no sense to me. Um, what I do like is it's a two-week, it's a two-week um, tournament in my mind, like this group stage. It's one week on the road, one week at home. So it kind of resembles the playoffs to me. So the Magic have to take this week seriously. That week of the 14th, the week of the 21st, is playoff games. You got to win at least one of the ones on the road and hopefully win two at home and you control your destiny, if you ask me. Um, another cool thing is we are the first team in our group to finish our group of games. So we kind of sit back after the Celtics game and we let the other teams play the following week and figure out, did we make it? Did we not? Um, so I do like that as well, but not a big fan of end season tournament games having back to backs in there. I know the the back to backs won't count for the tournament, but still, you got to manage minutes. You got to manage. It shouldn't be the way. That's the only thing they have to change. So, in my opinion, make it later in the year, and definitely don't schedule back to backs. But what are your thoughts on on this schedule that we have, and what are your thoughts on how do you think we'll do based on how the schedule played out? Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not I'm not crazy at this in season tournament already, you know, taking place twenty games in. Um I, I agree it, it would be better if it was a lot later. What I do like about the placement, if I have to say something positive, um, is the fact that, you know, we, we kinda ease into it by playing uh, Charlotte, Washington, Washington, Brooklyn, then we get into the in season tournament. And then a, a absolutely brutal schedule afterwards. So I, I think that, you know, the placement of it, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining with the games beforehand going into it. But yeah, man, I, w- I would have wished that it would have been like a, a later on. I thought the whole point of the in-season tournament is to to make sure that these games remain competitive, you know, throughout the, the 82 game season. So I, I think that 20 games, people are still hyped about the NBA. People are still going through it. Um, I, I, th- I, th- I would expect it to be later on. Um, uh, one thing to note that also November 9th. So, uh, again, uh, our in-season tournament will begin December 4th, but November 9th, that game against Atlanta, if you remember, that's going to be a game that the magic will play, um, in Mexico city. So we'll be playing some international basketball there as well. So that's just one so thing to know. Unfortunately, we, we lose a home game, but we lose a home game um, there. Yeah, so we we better get home court advantage. If we're gonna lose a home game, we better get home court advantage in Mexico. Like they're 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 just better be in in an abundance of Orlando Magic gear, just being ridiculously sold out there. <laughs> yeah, and just to clarify, I went back and double checked. So we actually only play nine games and before that Brooklyn game. So we start the season on the twenty fifth of October, and between then and the fourteenth. Nine actual games. If you want to add in there the four preseason games, that's 13 games played. But still, the, the point of the story, to your point, is teams are still warming up. They're still figuring out who they really are, how are rotations working, and yet these games matter starting the 14th for this tournament. Um, but yeah, for the Magic, nine games into the season, this thing starts to count for us. 
Oh, yeah, I definitely looked at that wrong. November 14th. So, yeah, nine games in, and then we're we're all into the in-season tournament. Man, I'm so I'm still trying to figure out this whole in-season tournament. I'm so it's 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 a learn it's a learning process obviously but man that's that's that makes in my opinion that makes it even that much worse it's it's you're you're playing a small amount of games and then jumping into the end season tournament right away i don't know man i, I think that a lot of this is going to be trial and error even from an nba perspective like does it make sense to have it so early into the nba season um again i i was under the impression that the whole point of this in-season tournament was to maintain competitiveness, you know, throughout the season, throughout a long 82-game season. I, I thought that was the whole point of it. So, I don't exactly. know, man. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense that it's it's so early on, nine games in, and then you're already, you know, playing in these uh, what are what are meant to feel like uh, playoff-esque basketball. Yeah. I mean, if anything, what they should do is maybe do two games in November, two in December knockout rounds in January and maybe during all-star break, but whatever it may be before the all-star break, you have the championship game. So that way you kind of drag it on throughout the season. And this games matter throughout the season, because again, to your point, um, basically by December 15th, it's over. You already know who the, who the winner is. It's over. So I got It's too early in my opinion. Yeah. And then just to, just to kind of add, so the games that the magic will be playing on NBA TV, um, is going to be you have one against the Lakers, um, that Atlanta game in Mexico. You got Boston, um, Golden State, so that will be an NBA TV game. And then uh, to finish off what we said, TNT for OKC. Yes, sir. That And again, that Celtics came at 2.30 in the afternoon. That's one of the NBA TV ones. <laughs> yeah, right, right, the, two, the 2.30. Oh, man, that's... Yeah, I need I need to figure out like I, I need to start preparing in advance for that because I, if if I have to work, that's going to be a, a strategically placed lunch schedule. Um, all right, man. So so let's talk about what's next. So you got warm up game Saturday versus Greece, and then um and then uh, so excuse me, Germany um has Saturday versus Greece, and then Sunday against USA. So it's going to be fun to be able to see Germany and USA go at it. Um, how, so here, here's a, here's the thing about that game, right? Um, so you, you obviously, you obviously have a horse in, in, in the race on, on both sides. Um, seeing that Paulo really isn't getting a bulk of the minutes. I really hope, and, and listen, this is, this is warm up games, right? So none of this really counts, right? They're warm up games. Um, I really hope Germany destroys Team USA, or at least make it competitive to a point where they're they're sweating and it's it's a close game. I want I want France to go off. So, what what are your thoughts on on USA going against Germany? I mean, it's going to be a fun game. I, I know Paulo won't play as many minutes as as France will, but it's going to be fun to watch, man. I mean, we haven't seen Paulo and France go at each other yet in a competitive game. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch. Um, like you, I'm kind of rooting for Germany. Uh, this games don't count. It's just for fun. Uh, but I think it would also be, would be a good test for USA to lose that one before the actual knockout round starts, uh, round one starts next Friday. Um, so I think it would be a good wake up call for them. Hey, like we gotta, we gotta step it up to your point. The team is not that talented. They have some good players, but not your typical us roster. Um, so I'll be rooting for Germany. I'll be rooting for France to drop 20 plus and Paolo to drop, uh, have a good performance. I don't, 
care about stats because he's not playing that many minutes. Um, but I do find it funny that Friday you got USA playing against Greece, but then Saturday Germany plays against Greece, and then Sunday both teams USA and, and Germany play before the games count uh, starting next Friday. So at least we, we got some we got good basketball to watch for the next few weeks until we wait for the season to start. Yeah, so Team USA will have their warm up game again Friday versus Greece, and then that Sunday versus Germany. And then next week for, um, you know, the, the group phase will be the first round where you know, the games will start to count. So you got August 26th against New Zealand, the 28th against Greece, and then the 30th versus Jordan. These games are going to be stupid early. You got the 26th against New Zealand at 640 in the morning, Greece 640 in the morning, and then Jordan, that August 30th game will be at 440 in the morning. Goodness gracious. You're waking up for those? I think, I'll, man, with a baby, man, I, I might just be up. So I might, I just might have to stay up for it. It just might have to happen. True. I mean, some of the 8 o'clock ones won't be too bad. 6.40, not too bad. But those 3.30, 4.30, oh, man, that's going to be a little rough. Um, I'll be probably watching the highlights on those. Yeah, because you got Germany um, August 25th against Japan. That game's a 8-10 game. August 27th versus Australia, 4.30 in the morning. <clears throat> August 29th against Finland, that's 3.30 in the morning. So those uh, 3.30 in the morning, that's a, that's that's a stretch. That, that may not happen. Yeah, man. And then after that, the good stuff starts, the knockout round. So it's going to be a fun little week there of games that matter, the, the group stage, as they call it. Um, and then we get into the knockout stages, and that's when the, the fun starts. You lose, you go home. So Hopefully, both Germany and the USA will make it. Um, I'll be also rooting for Jordan and uh, Georgia and also Australia because they have magic players as well. Um, so, yeah, it's going it's to be fun, man. I, I'm looking forward to watching some competitive basketball that actually matters here um, starting next week. Yep. And then we get to the to the meats and potatoes, man. We got October 2nd, media day, October 3rd to the 7th, training camp, followed by October 10th <laughs> to the 20th preseason so again we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to have this international play to kind of hold us over um and then there's a couple of things that we're waiting for man what, what do the city edition jerseys look like what, what do the uh anniversary uh uniforms gonna look like for us so well we'll see what happens there's gonna be a lot of things happening in between there's a lot of nba news out there what the hell is the whole james harden situation <laughs> damian lillard portland still got to figure that out um, so so there, there'll be enough stuff in there to kind of hold us over until the season starts. But uh, on that note, it is a wrap. Appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next week. For all the latest Magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.